2013, um, a little bit of my family moved to Birmingham. So I went and I spent probably like 10 days in Birmingham um, with my family and like mainly just visiting my niece who I have a really close relationship with. We went to like a TJ Maxx, I think, like, you know, went out to eat a lot, but um, that's what I did in Birmingham. And then um, started looking into Birmingham and it was extremely disheartening to me that a lot of these stories are going untold, even the huge ones. So quickly, a city that was named Birmingham earned the nickname Bombingham. One thing that really struck me as I was kind of reading about some of the history of Birmingham and some of the stories that are to be told there were those four little girls that were, you know, killed during a bombing at their church. Um, those little girls gave their lives, you know, whether voluntarily or not, but it ended up being something that's touched so many people across the world and their lives really did motivate so many people to do something better. And I wanna read you guys a poem that was written about this situation. So it says, Mother Dear may go downtown and set out to play and march the streets of Birmingham in a freedom march today. No baby, no, you may not go for the dogs are fierce and wild and clubs and hoses, guns and jails aren't good for a little child. But mother, I won't be alone. Other children will go with me and march the streets of Birmingham to make our country free. No, baby, no, you may not go, for I fear those guns will fire, but you may go to church instead and sing in the children's choir. She has combed and brushed her night dark hair and bathed rose petals sweet and drawn white gloves on her small brown hands and white shoes on her feet. The mother smiled to know her child was in that sacred place, but that smile was the last smile to come upon her face. For when she heard the explosion, her eyes grew wet and wild. She raced through the streets of Birmingham calling for her child. She clawed through bits of glass and brick and lifted out a shoe. Oh, here's the shoe my baby wore, but baby, where are you? We got hit by the fire hoses first, and some of us turned and left, or found comfort in the basement of the church. That's actually where we went. But some people stayed and kept marching, and even the days after that, when they marched and so forth, they brought the dogs. Every day they came, they brought they dogs. The dogs. Yeah, they had the dogs every day. They knew how to control the dogs. Like if you said something or did something, they knew how to make the dog kind of come at you. The dogs bit people. If you've ever seen any of the film or the footage, you can yeah, see where they tore the clothes. The clothes yeah, the clothes that's usually yeah. what they do. Yeah. They grab the clothes. But you could see one guy leg where it looked like maybe he'd gotten a bite or two. My okay. dad didn't know. That was my I didn't ask because, I, you know, sometimes you don't even ask. You know what they're going to say right. when you yeah. ask right. to do certain yeah. things. And my dad was probably, he and my mom taught school. And if you were identified as a troublemaker or problem person, he had six mouths to feed, he and my mom. And uh, I think his position for us was go to school, learn, get educated, learn all you can. But I knew, I, I, I never got permission to do anything. It didn't matter what I asked to do. I just never got, yeah, stay at home or go to school or go to church or go to church. It's too good to so, you know you had to do this. Well, I was here. I just happened to be here when they had the first meeting. Yeah. I didn't know they were going to have that meeting, yeah. but I was volunteering. Yeah, I went. I just went on and became part of it, but yeah. you know but I didn't become part of it to the next day. Yeah. See, I just happened to be volunteering. That was legit. But then the next day when I went to school, you had to make a choice. I'm going to either stay in school or I'm yeah. going to walk out. Right. Yeah, and so lots of kids walked out. Yeah. yeah. 
And had I not gotten hit with the water hose, my dad would never have known. I would probably not have said anything. Uh, but my hair got wet and, you know, clothes all messed up. So, but, so yeah. So what did your dad say? He was really angry. But I think he was more afraid of what, yeah. what could have yeah. happened yeah. than he was angry. Yeah. And uh, my dad was uh, a really, really strict disciplinarian. He had served in the Army. And we knew when he said no or don't do it that he meant just what he said. So I kept coming to the church, but I'm not sure he really made the association between the church eventually becoming the headquarters, sort of. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I could still come down here and talk and meet with people and be part of things. But I really didn't want to march anymore to get hit by that water. <laughs> I mean, it hurt, plus it just didn't feel good to be wet and stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so girls are different from guys. Because <laughs> the guys, the ones that got arrested, they talked about um, what it was like in the jail and how much fun it was. They would beat on the bars. And the, yeah. the guards said, if you don't stop, we're going to take your mattress. And they didn't care. They beat on the bars more. But uh, we had, uh, when the Institute opened, we had a day when we invited everybody to come down front and tell their story. They had three or four minutes to tell their story. The women all cried. The guys would tell you what happened, and they'd laugh and say, yeah, we told him, do this, and you will soon kick you out of here. But the women all cried when they talked yeah. about, uh, and I don't think, I didn't hear any stories of anybody really being mistreated, yeah. except just being locked up all that time without being able to new fresh clothes, and I think they were given peanut butter sandwiches, and but the women just took it a lot differently than the guys did. They all cried when they told their story. I knew a lot of them, they either went to my school or lived in my neighborhood or they went to this church. So when you see people you know, you just don't feel like it's something foreign or strange yeah, going right, on. Right, if you know right. the yeah. folk that are doing if I saw you guys out demonstrating somewhere, I wouldn't <laughs> hesitate to come get involved, you know, because yeah. I know you are, I feel I know you. But <laughs> the kids, we knew most sure. of them, and so you felt kind of safe. You said, well, there's a element of camaraderie here because yeah. I know a lot of these people and even some of the adults we knew. Can I just, I'll be honest and just tell you I'm grateful to be here. You know, I've survived two bombings. I'm a cancer survivor and I'm grateful that I have a family. I've got a husband that I've been married to for 46 years. I've got three children and none of them get in trouble. They've never gotten in trouble. They're adults now. They all have a job. Praise God, you know. And so, I, yeah, and I don't have any grandbabies, but, um, but I'm grateful for where I am right now. And I, I, my prayer a lot of time is to be grateful enough to live in the moment. Uh, when I, before I saw you guys, I went to a payday lending meeting, and there was a lady just sitting on the sidewalk. And I, kept, I was at the traffic light. It was waiting on it to change. But I couldn't tell if she was 18 or 19 or about 25. But she appeared to be homeless, you know. And we have a lot of homeless people in our city. We, we um, reach out to them the best we can. Um, but forgiveness means, and I know you already know this, giving up your right to be right. Even when you've been mistreated, even when you've not been treated fairly, it means giving up the right to be right. And so sometimes because we know that, I know guys aren't built like that. I, I know they're not. I have a son. And, um, but This is why I ask. Yeah, yeah. Um, my son had an anger problem. He was a child that couldn't hear in one ear. 
And I told the doctors this for over three years, and they said, well, you're just comparing him to the girls. No, I'm not. It's because I have these girls that I know something is going on. And when, we find, when they finally identified that the, he wasn't hearing anything, then we, we had this uh, really massive tutorial that went on for 10 years, and we were playing catch up. We did a lot of phonics and everything. But the kids would make fun of the way he spoke. Yeah, and he, if they hit him or picked at him, he would travel 10 miles to hit him back. This, you know, he started in kindergarten. And what I did, um, when he was in the fifth grade, this fighting boy, he, I tell you, he would just pummel people. He was always in trouble. And I just sat and looked at him one day, and then I saw these statistics about what happens to kids in second, third, and fourth grade when they can't read and they're always fighting and how they become potential Prisoners. Prisoners. Yes. Right. The prison pipeline, which is That's exactly right. what I'm trying to That's work right. Here. So yes. I took him right next door to his school was a YMCA. And I took him over there and I made a big deal out of it. Are you getting a membership to the YMCA? And if you're good, we'll even let you pick out the shoes that you can exercise in and all this because he liked all these crazy uh, exercise shoes. Not the brand names, but the ones that make give you, he called them strength shoes. Uh-huh. But, um, He's 35 today, and uh, he has a body like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, from lifting. He started lifting weights. He'd be mad, and he was lifting weights. He's an excellent swimmer. We just, we, I, you know, all of that was to burn off the anger. Yeah, to channel it in a different direction to give him something to do. If you can take the energy and the anger and channel it to something good, if I sat at home and just thought about these girls all the time, which I did initially, you can find an, a lot, enough depressing stuff. You don't even have to look for it. You know, just pick up your newspaper. <coughs> but if you think about what you really want to do and channel that energy and, and grab a partner. You know, if, I were, if, if you lived here, I would tell you to call me. Mm-hmm. You know, call me when you want to talk about some of that. Find somebody who can help you do that. If we went by just what we saw, we would have given up. Mm-hmm. You know, we would have just given up. But faith is not what you see, it's what you hope for, what you dream about, realizing and believing that it can, it can happen.